0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen.
1: Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having straightforward, honest conversations about married life, and love, and sex, and what's good, what's bad, The struggles, the successes, the pain, the healing, any and everything is what we want to go and and where we want to cover eventually with Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. And So if you are part of the Sexy Marriage Nation, I want to say thanks for taking some time out each and every day to spend with us that you join us. Uh, We love hearing from you because that does help set the stage for where we're going to go next. And the way we can hear from you is you can give us a call on our voicemail line, 214-702-9565 can also email us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, or jump on iTunes, leave us a review and a comment that helps us spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex and life and satisfaction and joy. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of other things we can add, but I don't want to take away from the time that we're going to be spending today going in through a subject that um, a lot of couples face, and if you haven't faced it, there's an eventuality that you might Um, because it's not something that's on small doses or quantities in in our world. And that's the whole idea of overcoming intimate betrayals um, and uh, infidelities and the different things that can happen. And so we came across uh, Dr. Tim Cole and his work. He has a book out called Broken Trust, Overcoming an Intimate Betrayal and Reclaiming Your Life. And so we tracked down Dr. Cole, because um, as as odd as this may sound to the Sexy Marriage Nation, he is a researcher that studies broken trust and betrayal and and all of that stuff that could just, it could hit you, if it's like me, it hits you, it's kind of like, ooh, that's a little icky to wade into. But Again, it's something that's so valuable and necessary to wade into. So I have to say, first off, Tim, as I'm bringing you on the show, thank you for the work
0: that you do. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience about this.
1: Absolutely. And so Tim, is a, he's also a professor at DePaul University. And so you, you have a science background in the sense of uh, you're a researcher at heart, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. I've been studying deception. I've been studying betrayal. I've been studying romantic relationships for about two decades. Uh, I also teach classes on the topic. So, uh, I find it fascinating. And what I love the most is being able to help people. Cause, uh, as you mentioned, eventually everybody's going to run into problems and right. it's not realistic to think that these problems aren't going to crop up. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of knowledge and skills and tools people can use to help make their lives better. So
1: Okay. And uh, and before we get into that, I would be remiss without asking, how did you stumble into this subject?
0: Uh, when I was working on my dissertation, uh, my, my advisor told me to pick a popular topic. And so <laughs> okay. I was looking at topics, right? And uh, I started with deception and it, the research just boggled my mind because it's one of these things uh, we all do, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about it very much. Uh, we tend to sort of overlook our own deception. We be very judgmental about other people's and the research was fascinating and then um it just led from there and it has so many implications on how people relate to each other treat each other where whether relationships succeed or fail it's really not uh whether couples enjoy the good times but it's really how you cope with those uh, sudden and exactly sort of painful moments.
1: Exactly. Cause that's the whole, I have the belief that it's the struggles and it's the really rough times that define us most. That's, I think that's where what character building and wisdom is gained more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and one of the most interesting things, there's about a thousand scholars who study relationships. And so when the going gets tough, it, it makes no sense not to tap into this knowledge. And so one of the things I love to do is try to bring the academic insights and knowledge and tools mm-hmm. to a wider audience. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing when academics talk among themselves, but it really is helpful to try to translate some of these things into skills that people can use to improve their marriage, their partnerships. Okay.
1: And so, so let's go there because I think that's something, uh, one of the things I've loved about Sexy Marriage Radio and, uh, its impact on the Sexy Marriage Nation is the idea that we want to just get out of the theory world a lot of times with our shows and our content. And we want to get into what are some practical skills, some, some applications, some, some things, because I mean, I got to. I got to thank anybody listening to this episode. Um, if they're not in this mode or having had gone through this in their relationship, they know somebody that is, right? Yes, and definitely. And so, I I would love to spend a little, a great deal of time actually with the, <laughs> with the episode <laughs> on. Okay, so you just had this happen in your life. What do you do?
0: Uh, you know, that, that, that's a great question. One of the first things I would caution people to do is not to turn to family and friends with this problem. In most cases, I, you, the advice is reach out for support, mm-hmm. but when a partner betrays your trust, it's really something you need to work through with your partner and outside sources can really cause a lot of problems. Okay. Uh, they have their own agendas. Yep. They, view their part, they may view your spouse differently based on what happened. They may never be able to forgive your partner, even if you can. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's kind of ironic. We tell people not to, this is one thing where you really want to turn inward. Okay. Uh, focus on the skills and knowledge you need, try to acquire those and try to deal this one-on-one with your partner. It also, you know, bringing in a therapist if you need to, right. The family and friends really can interfere (laughs) and mess up this process And, and really, uh, sort of push things in directions that aren't useful as far as the couple's concerned. Okay.
1: And I like that idea because what you're saying is a lot of times, at least what you've touched on is when we're impacted with something that's not directly, uh, as part, it's not part of our world It's part of a friend's world or a family member's world, we respond with our agenda, not necessarily just walking alongside as support for that person.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to live with the consequences or decisions of the advice you're giving either. And also let's say you never liked the, the, your friend's um, spouse or partner to begin with, right? right? This is your opportunity to really <laughs> cause damage. or <laughs> to confirm that in. point. And it doesn't really help the couple overcome the problem. So again, this is one of those areas. Most, most of the time we do encourage people to talk, right? Mm-hmm. Reach out, get social support, not mm-hmm. in this context. This is best to initially deal with it with your partner. Okay. And so turning inward and keeping it between the two people. Yeah. What do you do with that? Uh, Well, first off, it helps to really, and this seems silly, acknowledge your emotions, right? Uh, Being betrayed is one of the worst experiences you can go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's uh, devastating. Uh, It's heart-wrenching someone you placed your trust in is acted in ways that show that they have their, aren't following your best interests. Mm -hmm. So they're doing things that are putting themselves ahead of the relationship Uh, and dealing with that hurt and pain is really critical. And one of the things we find that's very useful is when people are able to journal or write about it. Okay. Um, The immediate reaction is sort of to take your anger out on your partner. Um, and to make accusations and to be really hostile and negative. And what that tends to do is just create a defensive response where people start to lie more, cover their tracks more, and you're not going to get... Any resolution or right. meaningful resolution right. that way. And if I thought that yelling and screaming or um, beating up your partner would help, I'd encourage you to do it. But the research shows just the opposite.
1: Right. Right.
0: So dealing with those emotions immediately, one thing to keep in mind is that your emotions aren't telling you what to do. Your emotions are telling you you have a problem to solve. Okay. And so this is where you need to shift into problem-solving gear. That's a great the distinction. First, Yes. It's a very good distinction. And people forget this all the time. They think that their emotions are telling them, right. Here's the solution right. to the problem. Right. And, um, what we want you to do is reflect and honor your emotions and really say, yes, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I'm shocked, devastated, betrayed. It, those are normal things. Don't beat yourself up. Uh, one okay. thing people do, is they typically blame themselves for what happened. Right. Uh, cause they didn't expect, Expect it to happen and then they start blaming themselves. Why didn't I see this? I'm so foolish. I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. Um, they also automatically assume that the relationship is uh broken beyond repair. Right. And what they fail to realize is that most relationships go through this at some point in time. Right. And it's really how you and your partner handle it. That determines whether or not you'll be able to solve it. Okay. So, again, acknowledge those emotions, acknowledge them in healthy ways. Journaling about them is very useful. It helps people move through them. Uh, Taking them out on your partner isn't wise or constructive, even though it may happen. And Mm -hmm. again, if you make mistakes, don't beat yourself up. That's one of the main things that comes out of the reason. Right.
1: Because there's not a, there's, we're not, it's not perfection that we're dealing with on how we go through this.
0: It's, no, it's going through it. your partner isn't perfect either. Right. right. So your partner made a mistake here. Right. And so uh, you're going to make mistakes as well. And so what you want to do is try to approach these mistakes with compassion okay. and kindness. And so one of the things you want to do is again, be very descriptive on what happened. Okay. And so describe whatever it is you uncovered, you found, and try to approach your partner with how you're feeling. And so again, focusing on You know, I'm sad. I'm confused. Right. Um, You know, I'm I'm really uncertain about what's going on. The more you can talk about your emotions in a way that highlights your distress, rather than focuses on anger and blame, right? The easier it is for your partner to hear that.
1: And that's and and I want to dig deeper just real quick because one of the things that's interesting to me in my experience in working with the clients is. Um, we can get we can get emotions that we get flooded with, and they start to become confusing, and then we just ball it all up into anger. When in yep. reality, it's a lot of things.
0: It's not just anger. Anger is mostly usually hurt. Okay, and so uh, what I try to recommend people is that focus on emotions that highlight your distress, that your partner can empathize with, okay. that your partner can have sympathy for you, and go, oh, I see how. Much I've hurt you. I see the pain you're in, uh, rather than lashing out. Okay. And if you can do that, you're you want to get that cooperative response from your partner. You want your partner to be able to empathize and put themselves in your shoes. Okay. Once you have that, that's a good sign that you're heading down the right path. Okay. Because if just, your partner won't, yep. if your partner won't do that, if your partner, and you know, is dismissive mm-hmm. or attacks back, uh don't don't fall for those tricks right and what i tell couples is it's really critical that you be explicit with what you need you tell your partner i need you to understand what i'm feeling okay before we talk about anything else i need to make sure you understand the pain i'm in
1: okay so right? l- let me so this is my systemic brain working here tim okay. okay that it's interesting because what you're talking about is almost i mean obviously don't reach out to f- friends or family that's a counterintuitive uh, yes, <laughs> recommendation, right? Yes. but then you're also talking about, okay, so I've got pain in a relationship uh-huh. that, that has happened because of betrayal. Yes. And so, but because of
0: your partner's actions, right? Right, your partner right. caused the thing. And yep. so, a lot
1: of times, it seems the the intuitive thing is I need to get more engaged in my relationship to make it better. But what you're saying is it's almost the counterintuitive of I got to center myself, I've got to honor myself, I've got to share what's going on. Not that my partner needs to fix it, but more yep. they need to. I need to see will they come alongside it
0: bingo okay. so you, you, you paraphrase that beautifully okay. so you're trying to create that constructive dialogue of hey it's us together working against this problem okay? okay it's not you versus me right and when you approach problems as you versus me they go nowhere right so and again it's a lot to ask a person who's been betrayed to be wise insightful and sort of be able to take the high road and so right. we need to work on this together a couple and one of the things i need you to do is listen to a the pain I'm in or acknowledge the pain I'm in. Right. And that's really the key to starting things off. Right. And okay. it's very difficult and I'm not going to joke around. I mean, this is one of the most difficult things you can do. Yes. And you can, you can go at it all sorts of different ways, but eventually you're going to have to come around to this sort of approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's one of those things that this is, I mean, cause th- my experience in working with uh, infidelity and betrayals is, Uh, It's very, very easy for the person that's been betrayed to take the stance of, how could you do this to me? Right, And and it's almost as if we are Siamese twins attached, and so your actions are all aimed at me. In reality, no. I mean, because I come at it with the question, and I don't know if you've ever heard this approach. My question, when I hear that, I love hearing that because that gives me traction to then be able to ask the betrayed person, what exactly did they do to you? right? Yes. Because now we can uh-huh. shift it. But yeah. I also want to challenge the whole, it's not because of what you did that they chose what they did. It's choice, yeah. right? It's not yeah. a, yep. man, How I'm going to wake up and just really stick it to my partner by betraying them today, right? <laughs> right? We, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, yeah. do that. It's, it's about their own choice, their own thing. So you almost separate the couple to then see, will they walk alongside
0: each other better going forward to be better? Yeah, definitely. And I I call this the paradox of intimacy. When you get closer to someone, you place more expectations on them, mm-hmm. right? And those expectations are ultimately constraints. And okay. so you know, even the most perfect person in the world is going to violate your expectations. Yep. And it hurts when they do that. Yep. The key thing is not to personalize that and say, so, "You know what? This happens in every relationship."
1: To some degree. Yes. Yes.
0: The the more you say you did this to me, the more you personalize and the more you blame them, you're never going to shift into a mindset where you can walk alongside each other, as you mentioned. Right. And so you have to say, look, this happens to all couples, but can we come together and repair from this? Okay. Can we learn from this? Right. And one of the things you have to do is you have to articulate what your expectations are. And so a lot of couples, and, and this is what's so shocking to me. Um, a lot of couples don't even articulate their expectations. So they don't tell their partner what they expect their partner to do. Right. And then they're mad, upset, and disappointed when their partner doesn't behave and you know, <laughs> right. thinks they you should be able to read my mind. Right. And, <laughs> and then you get the the
1: other complex layer of sometimes I have an expectation, I don't even know what it is.
0: Right. And so <laughs> and this is how I tell couples to be aware of your expectations. Anytime you're frustrated with your partner, they just violated an expectation. Okay. So monitor your frustrations. Okay. And anytime you're frustrated, try to turn that into an expectation. Okay. You know, oh, I'm frustrated. There's dishes in the sink. I expect you to clean up after yourself. That's an expectation I have. Have you articulated that in a way that isn't confrontational, isn't uh, accusatory, isn't controlling, but is, again, descriptive and clear? Here's what I want. Now, what do you want? Right. And then you start to see
1: how can you navigate Conflicting wants, right? Because yeah. welcome to marriage in my world. That's kind of what yeah. I think of
0: it as. And, and unfortunately, a lot of couples don't have these discussions mm-hmm. early on when they need to. um And again, the research shows that couples that have these discussions where they make their expectations clear early on uh, are much better in the long haul. They have healthier relationships than couples that don't have those. Let's clarify our expectations. Okay. A lot of couples simply don't belong together, and they don't realize this until. Okay. They're into it and they are just violating each other's expectations right and left that they weren't even aware that they were sort of signing up for.
1: Okay. Okay. So after you've honored some emotions, you've gotten some clarity in the sense of all right, this is this is how I'm feeling. This is this is the my emotions, and I'm not going to just unload on you all of the vitriol that can come from that. Mm-hmm. And instead I'm truly trying to examine through journaling or I mean, I'm a huge proponent if you're dealing with betrayal uh, and then it is and it is a relationship that both of you want to save and and create something better from mm-hmm. seek professional guidance to walk alongside you because that's hopefully you got a party that then doesn't take sides and is in the relationships yeah. corner, right,
0: yeah. And that's what a therapist or counselor, exactly, or a spiritual leader would do. And, right? Yeah, there's and a lot of people play. that can be real helpful for that. Yeah, and uh, almost always that's useful. Um, and again, family and friends don't usually play that. Right. Independent sort of. Right. Uh, encouraging the relationship role. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're biased because they're biased. <laughs> they've
1: they been have around, they've big, been around. They've been around you more than them. So I, I, I totally understand that. So, what are some ways then after I've kind of, uh, I, I, I guess created my own equilibrium again, you know, kind of got my feet back under me again. How do I, are are there some things or some specific uh, do's or don't do's to re-engage
0: going forward? All right. I'm going to give two sorts of pieces of advice. Um, I'm going to give one like procedural stuff a couple should do. But before they do that, uh, and I know this sounds ironic and crazy, but the research bears this out time and time again. One thing it, it helps to do when something awful happens in your life is to look at it in terms of the benefits that it's going to produce.
1: Ah, Victor Frankl's and, work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Also, give your suffering
0: so, meaning. If people aren't familiar with who Victor Frankl is, you want to do benefit finding, even though this horrible, tragic thing happened, mm-hmm. what are the positive outcomes? Okay. And so some of the positive outcomes, wow, I really get a test how well we can work together. Or I get to really understand and deepen my appreciation of who you are and who I am. Mm -hmm. Or I really get to test my coping skills out. So if you can frame it in a positive light, even though it's this awful, tragic situation, Mm -hmm. it really helps couples sort of create the mindset they need to move forward. Okay, good. The other thing more procedurally is once you've been betrayed, you have a lot of questions, right? Because you're usually just uh, got blindsided by the tip of the iceberg. Yep. And so what I recommend in this case is that couples, after they've had their feelings understood, really have detailed discussions about the facts of what transpired. Okay. And this is tricky because this is where the person who betrayed the partner's trust has to be honest and candid and straightforward about what happened. Okay. Uh, and this is also tricky because this is where the person who was betrayed has to, is going to hear a lot of things that are going to upset them. Yep. And so again, I fall back on journaling. Uh, honor your emotions. Don't beat yourself up. Treat yourself with a compassion and kindness as you hear these things. Mm -hmm. Also don't get bogged down in the details. Don't get bogged down in the nitty gritty. Focus on the basic facts that you need to know to solve this problem. Okay. So a lot of times couples will want to know, well, where exactly did you go? Uh, What seat at the restaurant did you sit in? Right. right? And all this uh, this stuff that isn't useful at solving the problem. Right. And so, focus on the main facts, the key ideas, the things you absolutely need to know to solve it. Um, typically, at some point, this is where the other party should give a, a sincere apology. And sincere apology is simply, you know, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I own it. Mm-hmm. And less is more when giving apologies. Absolutely. Um, and don't uh, don't throw in, I'm sorry, but. Yep. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Don't add an excuse on there or rationale. Also, don't say, well, I promise it'll never happen again. Right. (laughs) Right. That just that just discounts that apology. Right. And what you want to do is wait for your partner to ask you why you did it. So don't, if you're the one who betrayed your partner's stress, don't start explaining your side. Until your partner asks. Usually right. your partner will ask once they feel heard, understood, and validated. Right.
1: Because that's almost a shift what you're describing then is that's a shift towards it moving alongside each other
0: better going forward. Exactly. And that okay. working as a team, right. We're a team solving this. And again, you, this is where it's hard for the person who betrayed the partner stress really has to understand what motivated their behavior. Right. So why did they do this? And then, and sometimes they have to take some time to explore what motive, what was underlying Exactly. Well, and
1: here's here's where I want to end it with this, and this might be opening up in a completely different can of worms, Tim. So Mm -hmm. maybe this is uh, a second show later on. (laughs) But yeah, um, because what comes to my mind, and this is one of those almost counterintuitive things, is a lot of times when you're dealing with betrayal in marriage, that you've obviously got the person that was betrayed, but Mm -hmm. even the betrayer is dealing with some of their own levels of betrayal. Yes. Right? Because they're going against. Yeah. They're, going against, yeah, they're yeah. going against their own integrity, their own character. And I mean, cause that's the whole thing that it's like, ah, the betrayer doesn't want to, the betrayed doesn't want to hear that. Of <laughs> like, no. I don't want to hear about your hurt.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, but, but, but that needs to be discussed. Right. Okay. And it really needs to be clear. And there's a lot, like you said, there might be some contradictory feelings there. Right. Absolutely. And you got to lay those out and say, I didn't really want to hurt you, but I also had this desire and I, I, I acted upon it. Um, and Here's the real tricky part. The person who's betrayed has to be able to paraphrase or say or understand their partner's position. It doesn't mean they have to do it. Exactly. Exactly. They have to understand where their partner's coming from and acknowledge that. Okay. And that's really the tricky part. And again, that's walking alongside each other, right? We're listening to each other, mutual understanding.
1: Yeah. That's the honoring each other as individual beings, that are yeah. separate of ourselves that still have their own wants and desires that sometimes are counter to me. Yes. Okay. And the
0: crazy thing about this process is that couples feel more intimate and close when they engage in these discussions. Absolutely. Well. And so this is how you rebuild intimacy yep. and rebuild trust. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of other steps in the book um, that I mentioned that couples have to work through, but this is really the key, hard, difficult parts that. Okay. people and that people stumble.
1: Absolutely. Across. And and I have to say, if, if a, a great thank you for helping set the tone for, okay, here's some possible ways. Here's here's a little bit of a roadmap to this. And it's not, I mean, I, I, I've heard you very, very clearly on, it's not, okay, here's step one, here's step two, follow these without failure, nothing will happen. No, it's here's some components yeah. that you need to be aware of to be able to then stand up face what's what the problem is, make meaning out of it, see the possible benefits of it and go forward.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. And work together as a team.
1: That's great. So Tim, tell people how they can find you in the book and if they want more information.
0: Yeah. uh, You can reach me um, at at DePaul University. Just uh, Google Tim Cole. I'll come up. My email address is there. Uh, You can also find the book. It's everywhere. Uh, Amazon, Broken Trust, Overcoming an Intimate Betrayal.
1: Perfect. Well, uh, Tim, I, I mean, seriously, thank you for the science nature of you diving into this because it's really difficult to cover a subject that is so raw.
0: Yeah, it's very wrong. But it's so beneficial. <laughs> it catches people by surprise. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if this has been something that has touched in your world uh, and it's something you've, you faced or are facing uh, and you're not sure where to turn, um, I hope this uh, gives you hope and I hope it, it, it impacts that there's, there is a way to go through this. And if there's something... Uh, more that you'd like, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. I'm happy to point towards Dr. Cole or his book or any. There's a lot of different things that can help. And so um, I want to honor you and, and your relationships and know that it can, it can create some great things when you can, you know, honor yourself as you stand up through, through what life throws at us. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us.